What is up? I am Skyler. I'm Megan. And this is What the French Toast. It's going to be miserable. Okay, I'll take your present for you. It's fine. I'll like take it up there is what I like. I'll bring it to you is what no, I No, mean. that's not the point because the point like I'll have to play it from upstairs on the landing while everybody else is downstairs <laughs> on the couch and I'll be like, I want to steal from this person. Gets lightheaded and you just fall over. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm I'm not that bad. It's just like it was in my chest and then it went away and then now it's back again, but it's mm. in my like sinuses. Mm. Like and it feels like it's going yeah. backwards because like doesn't it usually start in your sinuses and then move into yeah, your chest? That's what one would think. I don't know. <laughs> and now it's so, now it's working back up. So I'm convinced that I have COVID. Mm, well, what the fuck? Get me yeah. away from this table. Oh, wait, hold on a minute. I also have to participate in this <laughs> white elephant gift exchange. I don't know. I mean, it's probably fine. I probably got it from you. I'm fine. You I'm were not sick. sick. Yeah, but I had th- strep throat for all intents and purposes if my job is listening to this. I had strep throat. Once they hear that, they're going to be like, yeah, there's the reason. I, I, we've been looking for we've one, and here's the reason. <laughs> um, I did go to the doctor, and I took a strep throat test, and it was 100% strep throat for all intents and purposes. <laughs> My bosses <laughs> are listening to this. <laughs> now you've lost all deniability. 100%. <laughs> I'm pretty positive nobody from my work listens to this, so I'm okay. <laughs> Unless I come on next episode and they're like, so we can I don't be, have a job. We can be laid off together. <laughs> Yo, let's, yeah, but you're actually going into something. I have to start from zero and figure out what the shit I want to do. Barely. I haven't had a chance to like work on my certifications yeah. and stuff, so I've been so slammed. So, If you're listening to this podcast, please go buy merch. So that way, if I do get fired, I can at least pay my car payment. Yeah, same. Please and same. thank you. Either way, whether Skylar gets fired or not, you should. You should go buy merch. You should help it's us really out. It's, it's Christmas. It's Christmas time. Share the love. Well, it's not anymore for for y'all when you hear this, so I guess it's a little late. But like, it's, there's nothing. Hey, listen, that's even more of a reason to support us because after Christmas, grandparents stop giving us money. <laughs> Valentine's and, Day gift, yeah. guys. Early Valentine's <laughs> yeah, Day. Yeah, early. It's a who knows. Oh, it's, it's a President's <laughs> Day gift. Hey, hey, let's go. <laughs> what day? Happy is New Year's. Day? Is a what the French toast hoodie? Please wear this right now. Who doesn't want a hoodie that says what the French toast? WTFTpodcast.com slash okay, well, shop. Um, forget that a President's Day gift idea because President's Day is after Valentine's Day. So May. we can just <laughs> we can just go with Valentine's Day because you love us so much. Wouldn't it be wild if like, bro, like if, if, if we just had enough pull that it's like we turn on the news and it's like, you know, during some sort of massive big time, J- Joe Biden is just up at the front and like a what He's the like, French toast just kidding. Um, <laughs> And today is What the French Toast Day. You're welcome, everybody. And he just, like, is wearing a What the French Toast hoodie. Yeah. And then he falls down again. Wouldn't that be some shit? I don't know if that would be a good thing or I'm a bad not thing. sure it would be. We might lose some respect. Politically? I don't know. I don't know. Depends on what you believe, I guess. Anyways, how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sick. Um, I'm good. I have been playing. I don't. So I never play video games. Like, yeah. I think. But it, you watch like video game playthroughs all the time. Yeah, but I, it's mostly because like if I'm if I'm busy or something, I'll like put it on in the background. <laughs> like, cause I watch game like gameplays like 
of games that I play mm-hmm. or games that I, I used to play or like yeah. want to play like those types of things. I've never just watched a gameplay of yeah. any game just that just well, happens to be on because of whatever reason. I like to watch a video game here. Okay. People that are listening to this, maybe will understand. I like to watch video game playthroughs because they're better than movies. I feel like most movies that I watch are such a letdown, especially scary movies. And I love to watch like horror movies, but every single fucking horror movie that I watch, it always is so stupid, but the best horror things are horror games. And so there's this YouTuber that I watch. His name is hollow. He's like a fucking great YouTuber. I love watching him play video game playthroughs and he likes to play horror games a lot. And so, yo, shout out hollow. If you're listening to this, I think you're great. I don't know why you would be listening to this, but if you are somehow, Thank you for what you do. It's bro. so funny because I'm like, you. I love horror movies. Yeah. Like, I could watch scary movies. Well, I don't like ghost movies, but like, mm-hmm. I could watch like slasher movies and like, like Saw and all that stuff. Like, gore movies, I could watch that all day. But you will not catch me playing a horror game. Like, they're usually much scarier to me. I think it's because nowadays, like, they have the AI that, like, it, yeah, like, it looks real. That catches you, like, depending on your reaction, it changes the game or whatever yeah. on a lot of the new games. And I'm just, like, not into it. Like, the scariest game you're going to catch me playing is fucking Bioshock. Yeah, that's fair. That's funny. Um, but I'll watch him play, like, a lot of video game playthroughs because his, like, there are a lot of actually just genuinely, like, genuinely scary video games. And so I'll watch, I'll watch a lot of those. Um, but I recently just finished watching God of War Ragnarok. Fucking great. I love, like, Norse mythology and shit. And so that was, mm-hmm. like, great to watch for me because... Um, Kratos is a god and he's just amazing. I don't know. That's just, I love watching like, cause it's like a movie. They're like yeah. great movies that I can get invested into, but um, I don't have like the patience to sit there and play video games a lot. But I will say one video game that I have been interested into is fucking Hogwarts Legacy. So Megan just bought a PlayStation 5 and one day, I, like one night I was just extremely bored. So I texted her and I was like, yo, can I play a video game? She was like, yeah. So I came, I went over there, or I like went up there, and I like started playing Hogwarts Legacy, and now for like the past three days, I've just been really into it. Yeah, I like taking over my whole room. I haven't taken over your whole room. It's funny because last night you were playing, and I was trying to do research, and I was like having a mental breakdown in the middle of my research, and you literally did not acknowledge me. Like, like there was no support or help there at all. I it was, was just to kill a troll. You were just you fucking catching unicorns and shit, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. literally like talking about how i'm gonna drive my car off a bridge and like no help at all nothing no no consolation nothing and then finally i it just it, you were like okay i'm done and i was like okay and then i was just like left yeah and i was still there just like in tears sobbing <laughs> i'm so like i was so it was bad it was not a good time the, to be fair that's not exactly how i'm not that bad of a friend megan left the house to I go did. To, i went to bucky's, like, bucky's to pick up hot cheetos to get a bunch of junk food because that was the only thing that was gonna make me feel and better and while she was gone i just like like i was done playing the game and so i like closed it down and then i also left to go grab things. so when i came back i was just hoping that i was gonna get to like eat my snacks in his company while he played his games we were like what did i I looked it up last night what was it called oh is that what you wanted you should have said that i would have kept playing that what was it called where parallel play parallel play where like two people are in the same room doing two different activities not really interacting with each other that was kind of looking forward to that other than the mental breakdown part i'm sorry yeah well we can do it again no it's fine i'll go buy you hot cheetos next time i I have some left but i i need to be that's fair eating better these muscles these muscles aren't going to grow because i keep 
because <laughs> I keep eating hot Cheetos. Again. We got some kale wraps downstairs. Fuck that. Start popping those. They're so disgusting. I hate kale. You could pop them in what Steven does. He puts kale wraps around spam with like a rice, like, like a better rice. No, 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 those no. Those are no. decent though. Okay, that's not kale. That's seaweed. Oh, is that seaweed? And then it's also a whole ass Hawaiian dish. That's pretty good. Called Spam Masubi. Because mm. Masubi is a type of um, like sushi roll. Oh. And then Hawaiians put spam on it and make it Spam Masubi. Spam soupy. Yeah. That sounds really fun. We're going to have some really for Christmas. Good. Hey. <laughs> yeah, let's go. It's pretty good. It's, fri- it's fried spam. <clears throat> so, yeah. Anyways. Are you ready for this topic? Yeah, I don't have anything topics? else to, to catch up All on right, or, no. or say or anything. I, I have one more thing to say before we move on. Okay, what? WTFTpodcast.com slash shop. Go get your merch, my friends. All right, are you ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. All right, my friends. So, first of all, nobody hates to interrupt ourselves more than us, but we'll make this quick. We have a website. The website is WTFTpodcast.com, and on that website, you will find a link to every episode that we have ever made. Plus, we have merchandise, my friends. Be sure to go to the merch page on the website. Comp those jackets. Comp those shirts. Get yourself some What the French Toast merch. And last but not least, we have a contact us page, my friends. If you have topic ideas, suggestions, you just want to stop in to say hi, whatever the case is, submit a message or whatever you want to submit. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And we are WTFT Podcast on all three. And don't forget to leave us a review on wherever you listen to your podcast. All right, my friends. Right back to the episode. Here we go. Okay, my friends. So if you're just joining us, we haven't talked about it at all. So the topic for today is strange, insane disappearances that nobody can explain. Yeah, just like unexplained, mysterious. With perhaps a slight paranormal twist to them. Like, what the French toast happened here? Like, there's no way a human could have done that, so there had to be something mystical involved. Kind of, yeah. Um, but with that being said, I will go first. On June 23rd, 1963, seven-year-old Bruce Farron and his aunt, uncle, and cousins began a two-mile hike into U- Uinta Mountain Range in Utah. And the plan was that they were going to head to Pyramid Lake, where they would do some camping for a little bit. But right when they got to the lake, before they set up their campsite or anything... The hike, obviously, was a little bit more stressful than they had imagined it was going to be. So, they decided that before they set anything up, they were just going to get in the water in the lake for a little bit to cool off. Right before they got into the water, seven-year-old Bruce went up to his uncle and he said, Hey, you know, man, listen, like, I really got to pee. <laughs> so, his uncle pointed to a tree line with some bushes and stuff. And he goes, Hey, man, it's like right over there. Go, relieve yourself, and then come hop in the water with the rest of us. So, seven-year-old Bruce walked right over there and started relieving himself, and then his uncle got into the water where the rest of his family was. It was uh, it was Bruce's uncle, his uncle's wife, and then their two kids, which was Bruce's cousin. So, he gets into the water uh, with his wife and his two kids, and then after a few minutes um, of him being in the water, Bruce's uncle goes, Hey, man, like, I haven't seen that kid in a second. So, he looks up, and he goes, Hey, Bruce, like... Doesn't take you that long to pee, buddy. Come back on out here, you know? And Bruce wouldn't answer him. So he goes, what in the world? So he gets up out of the water, and uh, he walks over to the tree line, and Bruce was not there. Bruce was gone. So the uncle, he's like, yo, Bruce, Bruce, like, where you at, dude? I feel like a Italian mob boss whenever I'm like, Bruce, yeah. hey, Bruce. Um, but he starts yelling for Bruce again and you know, he, no sign of him. He's not, you know, yelling back to his uncle or anything. And it was only about three or four minutes. 
Um, by the time he was like, hey, yeah, go to the tree line, and then I'm going to get in the water. Mm-hmm. It was only about three or four minutes that had passed. So it's like Bruce can't have gone that far, right? So <clears throat> thinking about this, the uncle, he looks back to his wife and his kids, and he goes, hey, you guys get out of the water and come help me find Bruce. Like, I'm not actually sure where he is. So um, for about the next hour, uh, Br- um, Bruce's uncle and his wife and his kids, they would look for Bruce. They would call out his name. They'd be looking behind some trees and stuff. And all of their attempts to find Bruce over the course of the next hour would be unsuccessful. So they would go on to contact authorities. And then that same day, a large search for Bruce would ensue. They would also be unsuccessful. But fast forward in the next day to about 4 p.m., Bruce had still not been located. And officials in Bruce's family were definitely, at this point, baffled by how the seven-year-old boy just went to the tree line for a second and then all of a sudden was gone with no trace of him whatsoever and seemingly gone with no answers, right? Yeah, those aliens. Aliens. (laughs) But at about that time, while the officials and the family were having a conversation, a searcher who was several miles away from Bruce's last known location was walking through the woods and came across this cliff that was about 500 feet. And the searcher knew that given the height and the rugged terrain on the cliff that there's no potential possible way that a seven-year-old would be able to scale this cliff, right? Go up it, down it, walk across it, no way. So the searcher's like, nah, he's definitely not up there. He's only seven. So he turns around, and as the searcher is turning around, he sees some movement out of the corner of his eye. So he turns back around to look at the movement, and what he saw out of the corner of his eye was Bruce walking down that cliff, all by himself and when he got to the bottom he was completely fine the only thing that was wrong with bruce is that he would say he was just a little hungry that's it he wait was, i'm sorry how long was he gone to uh 30 hours wow he was gone for 30 hours now there are search and rescue here's the crazy thing right there are search and rescue models that go on and they they help people especially in areas like heavily forested areas like yeah. montana utah and they're specifically trained for those types it, of areas exactly um and these these models determine where people will end up if they go missing and the model states that boys ages seven to nine remember bruce was seven that boys ages seven to nine will be found within a 7.2 mile radius from where they went missing 95 percent of the time interesting this distance by a seven to nine year old could be covered in 7.2 miles. This distance could be covered in the span of about a week's time. That's pretty interesting. It is. So here, here's what's crazy. In the case of Bruce here, in order for Bruce to be found where he was, again, 7.2 miles, 95% of the time over the course of a week, Bruce would need to have covered 20 miles along a very, very rugged ridgeline, and he would have needed to scale down a 500-foot, super steep cliff all by himself with no climbing gear whatsoever. And again, he would have done all of that by himself in 30 hours. So with not a week. zero experience. Yeah, with zero experience. So yeah. not the typical 7.2 miles, 20 miles up a 500-foot cliff, across this i mean dude the top of this cliff is probably two feet wide and you're and it's filled with rocks and sharp rocks and everything he's walking across that by himself and then decided 30 hours later he was going to come down with no climbing gear walked right back down this 500 foot cliff all by himself so how do they know that he climbed it he told them um no because that's how he had to have climbed it. he was up there that's where they found him, mm-hmm. was up on top of they, the cliff. The searcher saw him on that cliff walking down. Huh. And so all of that is seemingly impossible 
for an ex- inexperienced seven-year-old boy to do. Again, with no climbing gear. I mean, gear. even if he had ever been climbing before, like, exactly. without gear, how do you do something like that? He's it's fucking seven. seven. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, when asked about how and why he had gone missing, Bruce said that he couldn't remember and that he didn't understand how or why he had gotten lost in the first place. Uh, and the only things that Bruce said he remembers are sleeping between two logs, drinking from a waterfall, and a lot of animals, including one animal that Bruce would go on to say got so close to him at night that it would jump over him. Bruce was followed up with when he got older, but he was never able to regain the memory of what had happened to him there. And there are theories that Bruce was abducted and perhaps dropped off where he was found, given that there is no possible way he could have done that all by himself. Other theories speculate that perhaps his abductor was one of the animals. One of the animals maybe that he saw that night. Maybe it was the animal that was jumping over him. Like he was just grabbed by a fucking wolf. Something. And just like went off for a few hours and then they just let him go. Something. I mean, either way, the case is still unsolved. What an interesting, like situation where he just like climbs a fucking mountain right and they and he can't even explain what happens like he has it's no like idea. that that girl you did what was her name Catherine Catherine Van Oust I think that was her mm. name a few episodes like um for, in the one. first season yeah. I can't remember what episode it was but where she like disappeared for like three days mm-hmm. and came back and she was perfectly fine completely fine yeah. no cuts on the bottom of her and feet and she doesn't remember what happened foot, yeah like I'm just saying, how did Bruce, a seven-year-old boy, get to go 20 miles up the side of a steep 500-foot cliff, down that 500-foot cliff that even an adult human couldn't do without climbing gear, with no injuries? Yeah, it's it's fucking wild. In 30 hours. I have no explanation. 20 miles. That's why I said it was aliens. Yeah, that's crazy. Or Bigfoot. All right, Megan. All right. Are you ready for mine? I am ready. Okay. Um, So this is... Mine is a little less... um, paranormal-ish or like unexplained than yours is it's still unexplained but like yours could like you said he doesn't remember what happened he doesn't know what happened it's kind of it's super abnormal that he would just like be able to climb this fucking mountain somehow so like either the kid has superpowers or like bigfoot took this fucking kid for 30 hours who knows Um, mine's a little less um kind of like spec not speculatory because it is speculatory about what happened but more Mm -hmm. just like little less paranormal or supernatural involvement. Is this the case that I gave you? Well, you didn't give me. Well, no, but is this the case that I, like, told you about, rather? Yeah. But. Um, so this is the disappearance of Lars Matank. Ooh. Okay, so. Is, um, hold on. Is that a German name? It is. Are you going to be speaking German, Megan? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I was go. thinking, because we always talk about how I can, like, say these German things really, like, properly. Mm-hmm. But then I bet someone who actually speaks German listens to me, and they're like, like, she's the fucking fuck that up. It's this? not German so, at all. Like, it sounds right to us, but I bet it's still fucking wrong. Probably. Like, <laughs> all right. So, uh, Lars Matank was born in uh, on February 9th, 1986, in Berlin, Germany. Um, he grew up in Itzehoe, Schleswig, Holstein. No, that sounds fucking good. Listen, <laughs> that sounds great. Um, and lived there for his entire life. He worked at a power plant, had friends, had a girlfriend, and he visited his parents frequently. Um, after his father suffered a stroke, he helped his parents at home, and he was described as like a really just normal, average, mm-hmm. you know, dude. Um, he lived in um, Marne, Germ- Germany, and he supported his local football team, which was uh, Werder Bremen. And had a long-term girlfriend and was very close with his parents. I think I already said that. but um, And just, again, average. Like, nothing stood out about him. He wasn't, like, 
known to cause problems. He just like worked and did his job and hung out with his loved ones. You said he was born in 96? 86. 86, got it. Um, He also had a very successful career at German's only deep water port and the largest naval base, which I don't have the name of, but I'm sure it's something very German. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't. Safe to assume. Yeah. I'm very disappointed that I didn't get the name of it because I could have probably pronounced it and it would have been cool. So that's just the history of him and kind of the background of this person to kind of let you know that he was kind of an average person. And on June 30th, 2014... 2018-year-old Lars traveled with five of his friends for a week-long um, vacation to Varna, Bulgaria. Hey. And it was his first journey outside of Germany. They vacationed at a place called Golden Sands, which is a seaside resort just outside of Varna. And it's kind of described as like a party location in the area. And one of his fen- friends, Paul Roman, said that the week went by really fast. And... Um, they just relaxed on the beach, swam in the pool, played football, which is probably soccer, and um, since they're European, and they went clubbing. He was relaxed. He was in a good mood. Another friend, Tim Schult, said that um, Lars did not eat much and that he would only have a small bowl of soup or a salad at the time, um, or at a time, mm-hmm. and his friends reported no abnormal behavior um, by Lars until the final part of the trip. Uh, so on July 6th, uh, the day before they were supposed to return home, Lars and his friends were at a bar in town, and Lars got into a disagreement with some other German nationals over a football match. Ooh, that makes sense. Because Lars was a fan of the f- the football club Werder Bremen, and they had differences with fans of a team called Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. This is all the soccer. They're talking about soccer. Those sh- are two. Yeah, I know it's yeah. yeah, I know it's soccer, but I'm just saying like I don't know what these teams are, so mm-hmm. I don't know the difference. Yeah. Um. He Bayern Bayern <clears throat> Munich is like up there. Oh, is it Bayern Munich? Bayern Bayern Munich. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyways, or that's that's how I've heard it pronounced. Well, apparently I'm not that great then. Um. So then after the match, after this the disagreement, his friends were like, you know what? We don't even want to be here anymore. We're hungry anyways. Let's leave. Mm-hmm. So they decided to leave and go to a different re- to a restaurant. But Lars said that he was not hungry and he would follow up with them at the hotel that night. Um. And he did not catch up with them at the hotel. Like he said, he didn't show up at the hotel at all that night. Ended up not being seen until the next morning. When he returned up or returned to the resort in the morning. He told his friends that he was beaten up by four men hired by the group of guys in the bar that they had disagreed with. The fight resulted in him suffering an injury to his jaw and rupturing an eardrum. He went and saw a doctor who advised him not to fly because um, the pressure on his ear could cause permanent damage to his eardrum when he's in the um, airplane. And so then they prescribed him an antibiotic called Cefprazil. And so then... Lars, Lars's friends were like, hey, let's stay with you. You know, like it's just a couple of days while you kind of get it like better. And they, he said, no, I'm fine on my own. Interesting. And that they were going to just go ahead and dry, fly home on July 7th, which is what they ended up doing. And again, they said when they left him, he was relaxed, in a good mood, maybe a little bummed mm. that he couldn't leave when he was supposed to leave. But I mean, he's also like extending his vacation, basically. And nobody can really do anything about it because it'd be unsafe for him to fly. So when they all checked out of the resort, he checked out with them um, because he wanted to get to a hotel that was a little closer to the airport and a little cheaper, right? Because yeah. So, um, but the next day after his friends left, he began to act really paranoid. Mm-hmm. And while he was at the hotel, he called his mom, Sandra, 
And in a whisper, he told her that people were trying to kill him or rob him and that she should cancel his credit cards because he suspected that someone from the hotel might have stolen the credit card numbers. Yeah. Um, and this was only one of the calls and um, com- communications that he had with his mom that, that night. The CCTV of the hotel recorded him pacing up and down the halls, looking out windows, hiding in an elevator. And at 1 a.m., he left the hotel and returned about an hour later. But no one knows what he did during that, like, one hour. Interesting. Um, in the morning, again, he called his mom and told her that the people that were pursuing him were getting closer and closer. And his mom reportedly says that it just sounded like he was getting increasingly, like, agitated and paranoid throughout the night. Because, again, he had been, like, texting and calling her throughout the night. Yeah. And so then by the following morning, he became so paranoid paranoid that he decided he would fly, try and fly home that day even though it's probably not recommended by doctors. So his mom booked him a flight for that afternoon, and, and she also purchased him a bus ticket in case he wasn't able to fly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, she also sent him 500 pounds, with he, which he never withdrew, and he caught a taxi to Varna Airport and was captured on surveillance footage. Entering the airport, he was carrying a backpack and a travel bag. He was last seen at Varna Airport on July 8th, 2014, and he texted his mother that he arrived at the airport. He went to consult with the doctor at, of the airport, which was Dr. Costa Kostov. Mm-hmm. And Kostov would later describe his behavior as, quote, nervous and erratic. Interesting. Um, according to him, he told Matank that he was fine and could return home. However, Lars did not leave his office, expressing doubt about the medication that he was taking. Um, because actually, uh, something I forgot to mention was... Um, over the night when he was in the hotel and he was like acting paranoid, one of the messages he sent to his mom was to his mom was about um, ingredients in the medication. Really? Yeah. Um, like that it was just like bad for him or like yeah, like he uh, the only thing I could find was wasn't what the specific questions were was just that he was asking about hmm. an ingredient in the medication. Interesting. And um, at that time. Um, a construction worker had entered the office because the airport was undergoing renovation at the time. And at that point, uh, the doctor said that Lars began to tremble and he yelled, I don't want to die here. I have to get out of here. And he got up and fled the office. He left behind all of his luggage, which included his wallet, cell phone, passport. And he was captured on airport security footage, fleeing the terminal. Like literally you can see the footage online. He is like bolting out. Um, and once he was outside, he kind of slows down. He stops for a second outside of the airport and then he starts jogging away from the airport. He climbs an eight meter or eight foot tall fence and runs into a meadow and is sprinting off camera in the direction of the adjacent forest, which was near the Bulgarian national highway a two. And this is the last time he has ever seen anywhere really? in person on footage anywhere. No one's ever seen him since. Wow. Um, so people that are disappearing in the forest, don't do that. Don't, don't disappear yeah, in a forest. Um, and it you was, won't be seen again. Which is surprising because like, at least, I don't know about how airports are in other countries, but at least our airports, like most of them are like heavily monitored, even in the surrounding areas of the airport, because they don't want people to like sneak on the proper, like right. sneak on the like property or like be up to sketchy shit around the airport, not just yeah. on like in the airport. You know what I'm saying? It is interesting how he was, like, beaten up. Because, I mean, it's not like he made that shit up. Like, my man had a ruptured eardrum. Yeah, he didn't make up the ruptured eardrum and, and jaw injury. Right. Um, so. Yeah, so there's um, there's no definitive agreement that, um, or among experts or his family members that can explain why he was behavior behaving that way or what, 
extent his parano- paranoia was rooted in. Yeah. His mom, alongside Bulgarian and German doctors, have suspected that his unusual behavior was a rare result of the antibiotic that he was re- prescribed because it is, um, it was cefprazil, which is a cephalosporin, um, which in rare cases, which is important to note, rare cases, mm-hmm. um, it has been known to induce psychotic side effects, including hallucinations and paranoia. Interesting. However, according to the doctor he met at the airport, Dr. Kostov, um, Lars had not been taking his medication. He quote, He's quoted to say he didn't take those antibiotics. He didn't even fill out his prescription. So his behavior couldn't have been a result of that. And I can't think of a single reason why he left my office in such a panic. I'm still confused. End quote. Um, his mom says he has no history of history of mental illness. And however, but however, a mental breakdown caused by an undiagnosed mental illness has been discussed as a possible explanation for his behavior. But he w- he had no history of it. Um, not to say that it couldn't have just started coming up. I mean, sp- things like depression and stuff like that can kind of hit at any point in time. You know what I mean? Um, because it's unknown what happened to him after he fled the airport, um, police were unable to determine, you know, where he went, if he's okay, anything like that. And so his mom pr- hired a private investigator named Andreas Gutig, and he checked hospital records for patients without identification but found nothing. He, um, but Lars had experience in hunting, fishing, and trapping. But their skepticism about whether he would have been able to survive for long outdoor or long, lo- for a long time outside due to the intense heat in the summers and lack of food. His mom has expressed that she believes he is still alive, and maybe he lost his memory. Um, about a year after his disappearance, a truck driver thought he saw him hitchhiking in Varna, and there has been multiple recorded sightings, or reported sightings of him in several other countries, but none of those have been confirmed. Um, in 2019, a German truck driver gave a hitchhiker a ride from Dresden to Schildau in Oberhavel, Bradenburg, wow. and the doctor became aware of Lars, or the driver became aware of Lars's case later and said that the man resembled an older version of him, um, that the man had long hair and a beard, and he said his eyes seemed tired and sunk in, and his cheekbones were prominent. Interesting. And this is, what, five years after he went missing? Um, He's also been described as the most famous missing person on YouTube, and by May 2018, less than four years of his disappearance, the security footage of him in the airport had been viewed more than 16 million times. And the mysterious cage or nace of the case, the mysterious nature of the case has led to frequent discussions and the growth of numerous theories, but it still remains unsolved. He's still never been found, never been seen, anything like that. Do you think that was him? The person that was in the cat, the the cab or whatever? I don't know. Interesting. I mean, I couldn't find anything that, that really, other than it looked like it could be him just a little older. Yeah. But it hasn't been that long. So it's only been five years. Because he was, that was in 2019. And he went missing in 2014. So it's only been five years. Interesting. So he probably wouldn't have actually aged that much. Right. Um, but there are a lot of theories that he might be homeless. Uh, which I guess in technicality. Probably like make you look a lot older. The, a stressful situation would make you look, like would make you age faster technically. So yeah, maybe. No, his mom has never given up searching, and she strongly suspects that the injuries he sustained from the fight um, caused him to lose his memory and ultimately resulted in him maybe ending up homeless. 
and she's been extremely proactive in searching for him. Um, she still has that private investigator trying to find him, trying to, you know, hope for... She follows up on the leads almost personally every single time, um, just in case it matters. Um, first of all, he kind of looks like Channing Tatum. Okay. No, 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 no. Yes. I think it was Channing Tatum. Hold on. He kind of looks like a celebrity, but, like, not a lot. Let me look it up. Hold on. Interesting. That's wild that she hired a private investigator. Yeah, she, like, really got into it. Like, um, I mean, it makes sense because, like, it's your son. So. No, it's not Channing Tatum. He kind of looks like Chad Michael Murray. I don't know who that is. Um, he's in... Um, he's in, like, uh, One Tree Hill and a few other... A few other movies. Cinderella oh, Story, Freaky Friday, yeah, 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 Gilmore Girls, that type. He's in House of Wax. I know what you're talking about. Um, so here is... That yes. Yeah. Well, that's not Chad Michael Murray. That's Lars. That's Lars, yeah. Yeah. But, like, I'll show you. Nobody else can see this because it's on my computer. But, like... Okay. Here's the computer... The picture of yeah, Lars. Yeah. That looks... Yeah. That's fair. And then... Where's my mouse? <laughs> there's... And there's Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> and there's Chad Michael Murray. Yeah, okay, so I he, definitely he see He kind of does look like Chad Michael Murray a little bit. But just in case, he is listed as being 180 centimeters tall, which is 5 foot 11, with dark blonde hair and has a scar on his left forearm. And yeah, there's pictures of him all over Google. The footage is on Google uh, or online, like on YouTube and stuff, so you can easily find it. I mean, I watched like multiple different YouTube videos and stuff that have it in, uh, have the footage in there already. If you know of anything, if you have any leads, you can contact his mother on, I think she has a Facebook page. So interesting. But yeah, that's the story of Lars Matink. That's wild. It is. It's something with people in forests. You just run that direction. You'll never get seen again. The next story I have is about a forest. That's interesting. Yeah. Forests are creepy. And it's a, it's a forest in Montana. Okay. Well, let's hear it. All right, now. All right, here we go. My story number two. In 2007, Barbara Bullock was a pretty fit 55-year-old woman. Who was there any in- relation to Sandra Bullock? No. Oh, um, but she was a pretty fit 55-year-old woman who lived in Montana with her husband of 14 years. In July of that year, her husband's cousin, whose name was Donna, and Donna's boyfriend named Jim had come to stay with them for a couple of days. And on the evening of July 17th, uh, Barbara had offered to take the couple hiking with her in her favorite hiking spot, which was a pretty uh, untouched area along the coast of Idaho. And by untouched, I don't mean like by people. I just mean like the plants were still there. It hadn't been like walked on. It was still pretty beautiful to see. Yeah, like not inhabited, not right. like overpopulated or right. over visited or anything. And so it was Donna's favorite trail because when you got to the top, it had an amazing overlook and it had an incredible, the overlook had a pretty amazing view of the valley down below. Now, Donna and Jim agreed, but however, on the morning of the 18th, when they woke up, Donna didn't feel good, didn't feel very good. So she ended up backing out of going on the trip. Jim, however, Donna's boyfriend decided that he still wanted to go. And so Jim and Barbara headed off to the trail by themselves. Um, at about 1.30 that afternoon, Barbara's husband got a phone call from police and it stated that his wife was missing. But her husband didn't really understand because Barbara was uh, hiked that trail all the time and she was with Jim, who yeah, they had just, known. Yeah. yeah. So he couldn't understand how she was just missing. 
Uh, and the police didn't really have a good answer. All the police said is, quote, you should just come down here and hear Jim's explanation of what happened, end quote. Okay, so Jim's not missing, but she is but missing. But she is missing. Jim's not missing, but she's missing. That's suspicious. It is. I'm sure police were like, yeah, you did it. Yeah. Where'd probably. you fucking put her, you bastard? Pretty much. Um, so Barbara's husband got to the trail, parked next to the officer, and Jim got out. Well, Jim was standing there in shock. Uh, and would go on, Jim would go on to explain what happened. And Jim's explanation is this. It says, um, when Jim and, Jim and Barbara got there, they made it up to the Overlook successfully. They were up there for about 30 to 40 minutes. They had a picnic. They enjoyed the scenery. And then at the end of it all, they would pack everything up. And Barbara would start walking down this rock-covered trail. But it was, it was also a very well-marked trail. Mm-hmm. Um, it was covered with rock and just kind of like, you know, tree limbs and everything. So... Um, Jim said that Barbara was about 20 feet ahead of him. And whenever he decided to turn around or so, so Barbara was 20 feet ahead of Jim. Mm -hmm. Jim heard Barbara walking because it's full of rock and, and just a whole bunch of stuff. So you can hear her just, you know, the crunching. He couldn't see her. I mean, she's not that far ahead of him. Well, no, he could see her. But when he turned around, he heard the steps of her continuing to walk down the mountain. Oh, okay. But he was just, his back was to her. He was just looking one more time at this mm-hmm. phenomenal oh. view. He said he was looking at the view for about, I don't know, 30 to 40 seconds, which is fair. Like, ask somebody who's lived in the mountains, like, sometimes you really just want to look and it's just like, damn, that's just beautiful. Um, again, very noisy when you walk. So, Jim, looking back at the view, heard the footsteps of Barbara walking, and then all of a sudden, Barbara's footsteps just stopped. He's like, what in the world? So, that, that kind of made him stop looking at the view. He turns back around, and he's like, who? Like, where did she go? She's not there. Um, she's just gone. She was only 20 feet ahead of him. So, he's kind of like, where did she go? So, he didn't hear her fall. She never called out for help. And here's the crazy part. There was no other animals and there were no other people up there. That he there could were, see there were, Yeah, exactly. There were no other noises and there was nothing else going on. He said that as soon as her footsteps stopped, it was just a complete eerie silence. Ew, that's creepy. It is. Jim started walking. So Jim, he's like, okay, well, she can't be too far, right? So he starts kind of speed walking down this trail. And while he was there, he was expecting to see like a like her behind a tree trying to like jump out and scare him or something uh-huh. right so he's he's looking and she was absolutely nowhere to be found but as he walked you know he he was kind of still looking still trying to figure things out and he would stop every once in a while just to kind of be like well is she am i like have i kind of cut up to her like you know stop and just kind of listen maybe there's like some faint footsteps you know mm-hmm. crackling couldn't hear anything and, uh, and so, you know, he, he's like, there's, there's no way. Like every time he stopped, it was just complete eerie silence. And here's another thing. The area was not densely forested and you could see for a, a good way in almost any direction that you looked. So there was nowhere for her to even hide. Like there was an occasional big rock. There was an occasional big tree, but for the most part, everywhere you look, I mean, it was just open. It was just an open area. And so, yeah, he's like, okay, like he stops. There's no footsteps. There's nothing happening. He's looking around this area. She's not left. She's not right. She's not straight. She's not behind him. No footsteps, no birds making noises, no other people. Like what in the world is happening? So, you know, while she was nowhere to be found, Jim continues walking down the trail thinking to himself, like, you know, 
dude, there's nowhere to hide, you know? Yeah. So he'd look behind the occasional tree, look behind the occasional rock. She wasn't there. And all the way down, he's thinking like, dude, I should have seen her by now. You know, there's, you know, again, where would she be? It's way too quiet. You know, thinking back like, okay, well, I heard her footsteps stopped here. Like what, what else did I hear? Like, you know, trying to play that moment back in his head. Like, you know, there wasn't anywhere for her to fall. It wasn't like they were on a cliff. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, he would have seen like if she fell down or there was an animal around. I mean, it's open, it's an open area. Like he would have seen if there was a bear or a mountain lion or, yeah. I mean, as soon as, it, you know, so he's like, what in the world? So he's like, what could have happened? But as Jim continued down the trail, he would constantly turn around, checking behind him, yelling, you know, hey, Barbara, Barbara, you know, yelling her name, trying to find her all with no luck. And eventually he came to the parking lot. And when he got to the parking lot, he looked, and Barbara's car was still in the parking lot. And so he's like... Well, and she wouldn't have left him anyway. She, exactly. I mean, like, they and were there together. Right. And so he's looking around the parking lot. He looks back towards the entrance of the trail, thinking, like, okay, she's going to come out in any minute. Um, and he realizes, like, okay, well, hey, there's, you know, like, 10 minutes down the road, there's, like, a construction crew that's, like, putting cones out and stuff. So he walks to the construction crew that had made their way up the road at this point. And he walks over there and he's like, hey, have you guys seen anybody come out of the entrance? And they're like, no, like you guys are the only ones that have even come up this way all day. Like literally you are the only two people that have even come up here all day. Hmm. So we haven't seen anybody. We haven't seen any cars go down. We haven't seen anybody walk down. And so, um, you know, they replied. So, yeah, that was ridiculous. So Jim, hearing that news, is now officially panicking. So Jim runs all the way back up the trail. And all the while he's running back up the trail, he's looking again. Every single tree, he's looking for any piece of evidence at all mm -hmm. that this could be where Barbara is. He's calling Barbara's name. He makes it all the way back up to the overlook. Then he looks around the overlook for her. He's looking left. He's looking right. Nowhere. He's like, okay, there's officially no sign of Barbara anywhere at all. So he runs all the way back down, picks up his phone, and he calls authorities. And that was Jim's story. Now, over the next 48 hours, a search for Barbara would begin, and this search would include highly trained search teams. Um, it was 48 hours, 48 hours wow. over the next two days straight. Uh, a search for Bobber would begin highly trained search teams, helicopters, sniffing dogs, but nothing would be found at all. Absolutely. No trace of Barbara would be found. No indication, nothing, which is bizarre. Cause at the very minimum, she was there for the beginning, right? right? Like she walked, they had a picnic. Right. There should be a scent at the very top of the clearing of her. Absolutely. Um, they did say that there were no signs of foul play. There were no signs of an animal attack or an abduction. Um, and here's another odd thing. The sniffing dogs couldn't get a scent beyond where her footsteps stopped. So Interesting. Which is highly unusual. So they took the dogs to the place that Bobber was last seen. And the dogs, it was like they couldn't pick up a scent beyond where he heard her footsteps stop. Yeah. So it genuinely was like she just vanished. Like she just like was into lifted up thin into air. the air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, as you can imagine, at first, Jim was the first suspect because he was the last one to see Barbara. And his story, I mean, let's be honest, you hear this, it sounds pretty far-fetched, especially if you're a police officer. It's yeah. Like, well, she you're was the just last there. person she to see her gone. and yeah. now she's just literally gone. Now she's just like, completely not there. That's sketch. Um, but... Jim would never change his story, and he was very, very cooperative, and he took a polygraph test. He was very, very quick to take a polygraph test. He took multiple polygraph tests, in which he passed all of them. 
So the police ended up, they did rule him out as a suspect. Um, not to mention he had been in the family for a while. Like he was a trusted member of the family, mm-hmm. right? So I'll give it to him. I don't think Jim did anything, right? He had been with he had been with Barbara's husband's cousin for a while. Well, and it seems like a poor decision if he did do something. Everyone knew, like her family, his family, or his girlfriend, her family mm-hmm. knew they were going hiking together. together right. and it was just them two. Right. It would be like it would set you up for failure to be the only person, the last person that she's known to be with. Right. To then at that moment decide to do something terrible to her. Be dumb. Yeah. It would be just opening the doors to be like, obviously, like even if he did didn't do it, he obviously was already suspected. Right. So like, it would be a bad idea. Absolutely. And not to say it would be a good idea to hurt somebody or anything or do anything to anybody, but like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like it would be it would be it the worst be smart. idea. I mean, yeah, yeah. Th- it's it's a for sure way to get caught. Yeah, for sure. Um, but unfortunately, whenever Jim was ruled out as a suspect, given the fact that there was literally no other indication of what happened to Barbara whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They had to shut the search down because they had nothing to go on. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately the family has gotten no closure from it because to this day, there has been no trace of Barbara ever. It's a time slip. Something. She um, like slipped into another dimension. Something. I mean, there are theories, right? Some theory is that Jim, they never made it up and the rest of the story was just you know a concocted story from jim maybe he killed her somewhere else i don't think that's what happened personally um there are stories that you know yeah an alien abducted her right just real yeah. quick just whew, hovered up beamed her up into the spaceship and went on um but those are really the only theories i mean it's like because if there was an animal attack you would have seen you would have heard the animal run away never heard that if it was a bird attack, I mean, shit. Well, the, if it the, was an animal attack, scream. she would have probably screamed when they, when it attacked her. Even if right. it got her or killed her pretty quickly, still she would have screamed. He would have seen blood. He would have seen... Somebody would have something. found evidence of something. Even something. if the animal ran away with her. Well, I don't care how fast you are. I don't care how fast of an animal you are. Nothing beats the speed of turning around and looking in an open plane. Like, there are no trees for the animal to hide behind. Yeah. Nothing beats that speed, right? I mean, I don't know about the types of birds there are, but I doubt there's a big enough fucking bird. Like, it would have to be a big-ass bird to be able to, like, just pick her up off the ground and carry her away so quickly that he couldn't even hear her scream. Right. And then there's no sign of her whatsoever. At all. Um, Yeah, there were no signs of a struggle, right? Like, I mean, think about it. That after an animal did that, there's going to be foot slides in the rocks. You got highly trained professionals looking for that. There was none of that. And then on top of that, if, if it was something, you know, the dogs literally didn't pick up her point. Yeah. Her, her, her smell. Um, I don't think it was Jim because he passed a polygraph test a couple of times and he was a, he was a fan. He was trusted at this point from the family. Right. So I don't obviously know what happened after that. I'm sure, that, you know, even regardless, the husband, the sister or the cousin, I mean, you probably look at him a little differently. You're the last one to see her alive. But yeah. still, um, what in the world happened to Barbara? What, what year was Barbara that? Bullock? This was, it was not super far ago. I thought I heard you say like 2014 or something it like that. It was, I think it was in 07. Yeah, 2007. Wow. Yeah. So not that, not that long ago. She could still be alive if something happened to her. Right. And she like somehow wandered off or something like that. Well, she was 55 in 2007. 
So she could still be alive. She'd be, she'd be old, but she'd be alive. She could be alive. Yeah. Interesting. See, and this is another reason why I don't ever want to go hiking. Well, she'd be like 72 now, 71. Yeah. Yeah, and, and surviving in the wilderness, she probably, she probably wouldn't be alive. Well, no, not if she was in the wilderness, but like if she had like somehow, because th- some of the stories that I found when I was doing my research was like the people, for example, there's like the story of Stephen Kubaki. Mm. Um, I'm not going to cover that, but you can listen to it on, I know, and that's why we drank, did an episode of it. He's like one of the most popular like disappearances and he disappeared literally out of thin air in the middle of like lake michigan he went cross-country skiing around there and like it's reported that his like footsteps literally just stop at the edge of the lake there's no scuffle there's no blood there's no anything they couldn't even find any like cracks in the ice where he could have slipped in Mm -hmm. or anything like that not to say he couldn't have but you know and then he shows up like a year later with no memory of what happened Mm -hmm. um but and like multiple miles away from where he went missing like in a completely different state from where he went missing um and then there was a wow. few other stories that I, I read, too, where it was like they went into a fugue state. Like they hit their head, for example. Fell, hit their head, went into a fugue state. And then they were freaking homeless for 10 years because they couldn't remember anything and had no identification. That's wild, too. <coughs> Bless you. That's similar to... it's. I'm not going to cover this, but the story of Orville Tuttle. Um, it, same kind of thing happened to him. He was a 23-year-old, like, avid hunter who his friends yeah. described as, like, uh, a crack shot and just, like... A, a master hunter i mean he was great at it he went hunting all the time and him and his uh, brother and his cousin went out one day and he woke up in the morning and he like went out to go track an elk because there were elk prints at his campsite uh-huh. so he goes out and he tracks this elk and he wakes up his brother and his cousin and he goes hey like i know it's early in the morning you guys sleep like i'm gonna be gone an hour max like if i'm not back in an hour come look for me i'm just going to track this elk real fast again if i can't find it i'll be back in like an hour max time right so they're like, you know what? He's, he's done this before. He's a great hunter. He's accomplished hunter. Like we'll let him go. Yeah. Well, two hours come and go, three hours come and go, four hours come and go. And his brother and his cousin are like, yeah, no, this is, this is like not, he would have been back by now. Um, he, there's no reason he should still be gone. So they get up, they go look for him, can't find him. So they leave the place. They go grab two family members back in like 1910. They leave, they go back, they grab two family members. They come back. Now there are four people. They're looking for him. They look for him. They see his foot. They see his tracks in the snow. Cause it was snowing. This was also in Montana. And they're like watching his tracks go through the snow. And then eventually his tracks lead to like a campsite. There's like a little campfire made rather. Um, But the campfire had not been started. So they think like, okay, maybe he just had like wet matches. So they follow these these tracks out of the campsite and he leads up this little river. And this little river, the deepest point of the river only goes up to your like ankle. So it's super shallow. So they're looking at it through the river. They follow these prints all the way through the river. And eventually it turns left. And then these tracks end in the, in the river. And they walk down this river. They, they walk down the river for three miles. They walk up the river for three miles. And his tracks never exit. So then they call authorities. Authorities come by. And uh, authorities looked for miles and miles and miles and miles. And never find how his tracks leave the river. And then eventually they would find like, like the next day, the searchers found like this black figure walking up the side of a mountain. And they're like, that has to be Orville. So like Orville, he doesn't answer Orville. He doesn't answer today. They, they 1910, he takes out his pistol. He fires three shots into the air. Cause that's like the universal sign for like, Hey, stop. Like, you know, 
mm-hmm. whatever. And the figure just like methodically just keeps walking, never stops. The three shots don't even fucking bother wow. it. It just keeps on going up the side of the mountain. And so they're like, well, it's already getting dark. And I don't know what that is. I'm not even sure that's a human. So they like um, wait the next morning. They wake up early. They go up the side of this mountain and like nothing was ever found. And still like it, that was in 1910. Obviously, they would have been dead, but he still was never found. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just his his tracks just disappeared into a river, and he was never seen or heard from again. Yeah, it's it's just wild how people just disappear. Like, and I think there's probably some mundane explanation for it. Like, I don't know, they fell and hit their head and rolled down, and then just have like somehow, some way, you know what I'm saying? But like, I don't know, it's just weird. Like, without any explanation. See, I would disagree. I don't know if there is like a mundane explanation well i'm sure you could have a mundane sure. explanation like because because we've talked about this in previous episodes where when something like this happens humans are just naturally ingrained to look for trying to bunk it try and figure yeah. out what happened and we look for explanations and everything that happens right and so i feel like i sound worse by the way <clears throat> yeah you do but um but i feel like we just look for explanations and we want to find the simplest easiest thing to explain whatever mm-hmm. it was away and so something like that for example is he fell in the river hit his head and like even though it wasn't very deep he fell in his head or something and he floated down the river and was probably you know ended up drowning or something and you know whatever mundane explanation but i feel like there's also the chance of like it being something that's like like how did for example i'm sure like with lars matank i'm sure they searched the forest i'm sure they did yeah because they have to find him like he's a missing person they don't know if he's okay he with the way he ran out and everything is obviously that something is going on in his head yeah and they couldn't find him yeah like where do people just go they don't just disappear well and that's the thing is like i said this i think i said this in season one um but we did an episode in season one about the ocean and like what the fuck lives under the ocean yeah well the ocean's scary because we don't know what the fuck lives under the ocean. Yeah. But we tend to ride off the woods and shit because it's like, well, we know every land animal. We know every single land animal that yeah. exists. Like, especially in, like, forests like Montana, well, there's nothing in there that we don't already know about. What if there is, though? Like, what if there is just some weird supernatural shit? Because the amount of stories that you can listen to that are of people going into the woods. Like, we talked about this in season one. There was a couple. I think it was either a husband and a wife or two friends. They went into the woods. It was a brother and sister. Was it a brother and sister? They went into the woods. And then the brother, like, yeah. Comes back and says, oh, yeah, I dropped her off at home. And his sister hasn't been seen for, like, days. Right. And, 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 and she was just like still in the woods alive, but I mean, she was having her own like sort of psychosis in the woods, like seeing people and, you know, she saw a group of people that looked at her and then ran away and then they were like stalking her as she slept and. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the same episode we talked about Catherine Van Alston. Yeah. 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 I think that's the girl's name. If it's not, I I feel really, uh, I'm uh, like, I feel really bad, but it's something like that. The last name is definitely Van Alst. Right. I just can't remember what her first name is. I think Um, it's Catherine. It sounds familiar. But I mean, it's just like the amount of stories that people go into woods and then all of a sudden just literally lose their mind, not have any recollection of what happened. You just like with with uh, with with the kid Farron or whatever his name was or Bruce Farron. Yeah. Like, dude, how? That doesn't make sense. Like, and then it, and it's it it it's too coincidental that, for example, that every single person who's ever went into the woods and has had these kind of weird experiences or disappeared unexplained. They didn't all have psychotic breaks. 
Right. Does that make sense? Like, that would be, like, what? As soon as you cross the threshold into a fucking forest, your brain snaps? Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Well, Deborah, dude, she had done this a hundred times. It was her favorite trail. She'd done this a hundred times, up and down and up and down. And I'm sure she's explored a lot of left and right. Like, hey, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go over here. See what else this leads to. Like, uh, dude, I, I had a favorite trail whenever I lived in Colorado. I would go up this trail twice a week, minimum snow or whatever like i would with my friends and we'd go up there and we'd hang out we'd do whatever we'd smoke like we'd do whatever we wanted to do up there right and like i mean if somebody went missing i'd be like yeah i know this trail like the back of my hand like i'll go help you look there was unless i was eaten by a mountain lion there's no way that i'm gonna get lost on this trail like i could have done it with yeah like unless you like fell hit your head and then now like you've got like some disorientation or something going on like nothing is going to change for you right and so that's what i'm saying is it's like conveniently every single one of these people fell into their head every conveniently every single one had a psychotic fucking break right like that doesn't make any fucking sense no they've all somehow gone into these fugue states the ones that do come back and they just don't remember what happened to them right that's that doesn't make sense it to me means time slip aliens bigfoot something along those lines some some sort of paranormal supernatural occurrence has taken place because i'm not saying it's not possible to like go into a fugue state especially after something traumatic happens to you that's very that's something that happens right like your brain kind of blocks it out but like with no explanation well in the story of Catherine van alstein she had no cuts or lacerations on her head she yeah. didn't have a concussion she had no cuts on her feet with the story of uh bruce farron he had no cuts or lacerations on his head he was just a little hungry yeah in the story of deborah sure maybe she would have had cuts or lacerations she disappeared into the fucking thin air with no trees or anything around to be like, oh, yeah, she's hiding. Like, where did she go? Like, okay, sure. Like, if you wanted... Okay, cool. Like, like hypothetically, she had a psychological break say that right, she at did. the time. The, at the time of her walking down the mountain, something just caused that randomly. Where did she go? Right. It, it wasn't that long between when they realized that she was missing to when they started searching. She couldn't have made it that far. Right. Does that make sense? Like... It doesn't make sense. And then that's, that's what's crazy. Like this, it would be I've, I, every time, dude, I say this a lot. This would be one of those stories that if you had a time machine and you could go back in time, yeah, you'd look at Deborah and you'd be like, all right, where'd she go? Like, I'd be like, I want eyes on her. Yeah. From every angle. Every angle. Including this guy. Yeah. Get a helicopter or something. That'd be so crazy. What would you do? That'd be, that'd be one of those stories. Like, okay, cool. Say you go back in time and you look. And then you're just like, okay. And you see her walk, 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 nothing. And then she's like literally disappears into thin air. That would be a time slip in my opinion. You'd be like. Where she literally just happened to be at the right spot in the right time where the, there was like, I don't know, a portal that transported her to a different, a different world, a different time, whatever. Or what if you were just like, you did go back in time and you are watching and a fucking alien spaceships like beams are up. Like, what do you do? fucking go run up in that beam like you go back in time again and you're like all right now me (laughs) not if it's gonna mean missing for 20 years yeah that's true it is wild it is wild yeah i don't know anyways i hope you guys enjoyed this episode this this is uh, uh this definitely one of the yeah this is probably the first episode all season that's left me being like what the french toast yeah, seriously. Just happened to these people. I mean, I always feel that way whenever we do an episode, but like this one is really just like with no explanation. Like, where do these people go? 
Right. What the French toast happened to these people? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Welcome back to the podcast where we, this episode, we lived up to our name, my friends. Well, we always live up to our name. Yeah, but This I think episode, so. we definitely lived up to our name. All right. Well, then I guess we'll go now. All right. Bye, everybody. Love Bye. you. Miss you. And go get your... I don't know why I said miss you. Love you. And go to WTFTPodcast.com and contact us and get your merch. Bye, everybody. Bye. My friends, that has been the episode. We appreciate you coming out and spending time with us today. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us a follow. You can follow us on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere else that you find your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at WTFT Podcast. We're also on Facebook at What the French Toast Podcast. And you can email us your stories, topics, or opinions at WTFTPod at gmail.com. I'm Skylar. I'm Megan. And this has been What the French Toast.